Good evening. Good evening. You can all hear us okay? Thank you for coming along to the conversation. This is a fourth one I think we've done of this. And so we've dropped him because he keeps getting called an old fella. So we've gone far. <laughs> For somebody younger one, sorry Tim, bring you back next month and stuff. So it's, uh, I've actually got my notes on the phone tonight, just so I look as young as these two do and stuff. But you can also text any questions uh, to us uh, and we'll, we'll discard the silly ones, but answer the sensible ones and any hard ones we'll leave as well and stuff. But we thought after, after the great mission last week and just seeing so many people make decisions, so many new people come into our church, and then obviously the next steps tonight, how well uh, that has gone. We wanted to ask a question, or have a conversation, to be honest with you, because this is what is, uh, is when it comes to church, sort of, uh, how, how do I fit in? You know, I've sort of made this decision, or I've been coming to church for a while, and I'm looking at it and thinking, well, how do I fit into this place with all these people some of them are very different from me. Some of them are very, uh, you know, they're just, they're different ages, different backgrounds, different uh, academic levels, different intellect, absolutely different about everything with so many people. So I, I'm just introducing this and then we're going to, some questions here, we're going to ask uh, the younger ones, as I say. Uh, and that, just to give us a good balance here. Uh, so, uh, I think it's important to say from the beginning, this question is, how do I fit in and not, do I fit in? You know, the question is not, do I fit in? You do fit in. Church has to be the most acceptable place for people in the whole world, uh, in any form of society. It says, we have a saying here in, in church, uh, I'm not sure where, where it came from, but it was, I'll claim it anyway, it says, which is, come and take a seat with the rest of us. And it really came from the idea that actually everybody is working through something. We're on a journey of life. Everybody has issues or challenges or things that are happening to them, uh, with them and stuff. And so we think the best place to work that out is in church. Give God the opportunity to do something. So we've sort of thrown open the doors and said to people, listen, we want you to come to church. So it's really weird to feel like you stand out or you don't fit in and that and all that. We're, we're not, we just want you to come. And he says, so whether that be the morning, the evening, and as you get to know people in church, you suddenly realise, uh, you know, hey, there's a few people here that are as strange as I am. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, not as strange as I am, but as strange uh, as people, you know, just as they come together and everybody's on this journey. And being on this journey, everybody's figuring stuff out. And in church, we just need each other. We've become this society, this culture that says everything we do is better done on our own. And we just don't want to do that in church. We want to be the people when, when you're hurting, when you're suffering, when you're grieving. Uh, we want to just be there for people, help people, you know, not judge people and stuff. We're not, you know, we just simply want to be church and stuff so that the question is not do I fit in you know the, the question is how do I fit in so there were three quick things I want to say before we ask the first question uh, here you know the church has to be something it has to be firstly and I've shared this it's a place to belong 
We want people to belong. We want people to be part of the family, you know. But Scripture talks about we're brothers and sisters, you know. And, you know, that, that's what we are, you know. And so we belong to each other, you know. And sometimes that can be difficult. You know, we're in family. You ever fall out with anybody in the family? Yes, of course you do. Church is the same. Do you know what I mean? At times, uh, we rub each other up the wrong way. There's a bit of friction. Sometimes things are said that shouldn't be said and stuff. But hey, we work all of that out as part of this, you know, because I often say to people, I said, listen, if you think it's bad here, we get to spend eternity together in heaven. <laughs> so we deal, we deal with it here. Uh, so that's the first thing of it being a place to belong. Second thing we want it to be is a place to grow. We believe that God not only has saved us, he saved us for a purpose. So there is something that, that you are called to do, that God has a plan for your life. You know, it's a plan for our lives, and they'll explain a bit about what their involvement and what they do and stuff as we go on tonight. And so there is a place for us to grow in church, you know, and so that's through the word, it's through prayer, it's through fellowship, it's through, so that's that sort of uh, place, that's where I fit. And, and, and the, the third thing is a place to serve, uh, which is, you know, the, the, what part do I play in this whole thing? You know, what part, what, where do I, what can I do? You know, not, not everybody can preach, not everybody can lead worship. But everybody has a part to play because they've all got a gift, they've all got something. And there is always something that needs done in the kingdom. And most of it is not there. Most of it's not here. So therefore, we have to look at it and say, well, 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 how do I fit in? What can I do? And I'm so thankful we're part of a church where we have people. I'll, ju I'll just share this but for, from the mission. Uh, I never, for the 25 years I've been here at church, I have to say I've never seen the church work so well together in the different aspects of this to put the mission on and I'll explain we had we had people praying who weren't involved in anything else we had people giving who weren't involved in anything else we had people doing the production who were different people that were the prayer team and then with different people that the prayer team maybe doing the car park on the nights that were on we had just different people now doing the next steps group and I think that's just a wonderful picture of this church it should be a picture of every church. I'm biased because I love this church, you know. And it's just a picture of this church that everybody was just playing their part and we saw the results in the, 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 the decisions, the commitments, the next steps group tonight. But listen, I'll be quiet now because after obviously introduce these two and stuff. That's great. Are you clapping me off or do you want me to... <laughs> Right. First question, and for those who don't know, this is Pastor Reese. He's the other pastor here, uh, at Living Hope and stuff. He's, uh, the, he's the younger one, I have to say that from the start. Like, I'm the better looking one, so there we go. So he's, uh, and this is Rebecca, this is our children's worker and stuff for those people. The best looking one. Do you see what we have to? I know. See what we have to work with. There, there, there are five of us here that work for the church. There is, there is Ben there on the sound desk at the back. Ben is our church worker. If you, this man is the background man. You'll never see him up front. He does everything in the background. You're sitting on a chair. The Ben has set up. You ever come and sit anywhere and he set that up and stuff. And then we've got the boss. Paula, okay? So we, 
Paula Savas. So there we go. That's a five. First question then, and I'll go to Rebecca first. It's probably for you. Why do I fit in? Okay. Yeah, when I was thinking about this week, um, that sort of question, why do I fit in? I guess kind of talking what Pastor Matt already said, we should never base church that we fit in because of our preference. Like, we fit in because we look a certain way or we're a certain age, like we're a young adult or we're an older person or we fit in because this is a family church. We should never base church on our preference, like whether the music's loud or the music's really quiet, whether the music's new or whether the music's old, because that's the wrong idea to, to base church on. But I think when I was thinking about this week, we fit in in church because God established it. Like God, this is God's idea, because if it was our idea, we would be moving church every week. We would be, I like that about that church, but then there's something in this church that I like better, and maybe they are a wee bit more like me. I could maybe picture myself being with them, and when I was thinking about that this week, I really started to think that we fit in because God has established that. There's the first in the Bible, it's um, 1 Corinthians 12, it talks a lot about the church, and you, you can read into it, but when you read into it, it literally starts by really saying that like God has set the church, so he has set the church, and this is his people, and we get the privilege of being that. So yeah, I would just say we fit in, not because of anything that we've done, not because I look a certain way, or race looks a certain way, or Pastor Matt looks a certain way, or we are certain people, because we're people and we're imperfect, so we'd always bang heads with each other, we'd always clash, we'd always be church jumping if that was the way we were going to find a church. But we fit in because God has established it, I would say. Yeah. 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 Why do we fit in? Yeah, well, um, just um, off the back of what Rebecca said there, you know, if... Without God, none of this really makes any sense. Why, why Why do I fit here? Um... I don't without God. And we often talk about the church as being the people and not the building. Now, we love our building and we love this gathering of people, but ultimately the church is the people. And I'm a child of God. And, and if you've made a decision to accept God into your life, then you're a child of God too. And the reason that we fit here, why I fit ultimately, is because I'm a son of God because I'm a child of God, that's why I fit here. And, and off the back of what Rebecca said there, and in that passage in um, 1 Corinthians 12, it does say that God has set the members. So if God has established it, then of course this is for me. Of course this is why I fit here, because God has designed this. He's created you. He's created this place for you to be in. And of course you fit here, but ultimately you only fit because of him and, and as Pastor Matt said there at the start we've been really intentional with this question of how do I fit in because all of us most certainly do and, and it'll look different for different people and, and, and again off the back of what Rebecca said you might prefer this, this gathering to look a different way than it does and we often say the best part about our church is the mixture of ages, the young and the old, the experience and, and the not so much but 
the worst part of our church is trying to trying to cater to the young and the old and that mix of experience and, and not so much. But none of this works if God has not established it. And why does it? It's because he has established it first. Yeah, yeah. And I think over you you made a good point then that one of the things we have tried to do in this church is that we're not looking at uh, we're not looking at a young people's church. No. We're not looking at uh, an old people's church. You know, we are looking at a, a mix of ages and stuff. You know, and I know I've often said this. You know, when you're working with uh, younger ones, they do keep you young in a sense, but they bring something to the table. But older ones bring something to the table as well, because the experience often say that the experience of the older ones of people who've been in the church and around the church for a long time that mixed with the enthusiasm uh, you know of, of the younger ones is what the the right blend for church you know I don't believe church is supposed to cater for one group you know if we just cater for the old people I don't mean to be funny in 20 years time there won't be a church here you know we have to face that reality if we just cater towards the younger end of the church uh, you know the reality is at times uh, the younger ones are the ones that come and go come and go come and go so they're not necessarily always bring that so that's why I think it's important in church to have that full mix of ages you know and to make sure they have that enthusiasm of the younger ones with their experience of the the older one so it brings us probably on to the next thing now you can fire some questions and comments away the numbers uh, are up there is is simply this is this for everyone then i mean is this is this we'll start with is this for everyone yeah um well yeah quite simply as, as we said at the start you do fit in and therefore this is for everyone and 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 we we do our best to make um our gathering and our church as accessible to as many groups as we possibly can, as many different people as we possibly can. And we really, really hope and believe that you will find um, your, you will find a place here, that you'll find your feet here, in a sense. And, and so we, we do believe that this is um, for everyone. And, and again, we'll, we'll look at 1 Corinthians 12 there, and it says, and, um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Again, established by Christ, but many parts, and you are a part of that, everyone. It, it, it is accessible for everybody, and in that verse that we're focusing on, it says that there are many parts, even if one part thinks that it's less important, even if one part feels that it is less important, the scripture actually makes clear that it is not. And so what that means is if one person feels that the role that they're playing isn't as significant as somebody else, well, that's just simply not true. Church couldn't function without you. And the scripture makes it clear there that everybody has a part to play. And it looks so different. Like Pastor Matt said, there are some of us are going to be standing here. But the, the majority of the ministry is done down here. And it's done in, well, in this church, in the kitchen. It's done in the kitchen. And it's done in, in, in the youth hall. It's done, in, it's done everywhere else. And church isn't for a certain type of person with a certain set of qualifications. 
and praise God that it's not, because how many of us would actually qualify to be here? None, none. It's not for a specific type of person. And why would we say that? It, it's on the wall as you come into church. And, and I do think it was you, I'm gonna give you credit for it. I think it was you, come take a seat with the rest of us. And that means that all of us came here with baggage all of us come here with baggage and and if you feel like oh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not good enough to be there or or I don't I don't look the part I don't I, I don't fit in come and take a seat beside somebody else who has felt the exact same way all of us fit everyone there is absolutely a place for you and again because God has established it with Christ. Yeah, absolutely well. Let's change angle a little bit for the same question, <coughs> because you work with the children. How is this for the kids? I mean, it's, kids' work has changed over, you know, the years and stuff. We still use your flannel graphs. No, I don't remember what? now. Exactly. No idea. <laughs> you tell us, all right? Well, flannel graph used to be a Michael Totten nose. They were. <laughs> They used to, they used to be Velcro that you used to stick to tell a Bible story and stuff. You know, it's uh, flat screens now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not allowed I to can't. speak. You know what? I'm not allowed to speak about my experience anymore. Being as a child, I remember when we were doing children's work in the old church, and we had two tellies, and I thought it was like technological advancement that we found a scart lead that connected the two tellies, so the kids on the right side of the church could watch the same as the kids on the left. That was radical. See, to be fair, our, pro- our projector dies and we're lost. So we yeah, that's it, like, you know. It, uh, it just, I, I have an even more embarrassing story, and I'll have to tell this, because when we first discovered PowerPoint, well, when, when me and Pastor Roy first discovered PowerPoint in this church back in 2003, we didn't realise you could actually set what you put on the screen to a timer. So one of us would sit by the screen pressing the button every 15 seconds, because... <laughs> We just didn't have a clue. I still don't have a clue. Answer the question, all right? And there we go. How is it for the kids then? Yeah, big advocate for um, the kids. But yes, so I'm actually a church kid. I um, have grew up in church probably from the very first Sunday I came out of hospital, I would imagine. Um, Mum and Dad brought me to church. So yeah, I'm a church kid, is that, if that's what you want to call it. And church has to be, for kids, it has to be completely. I always, there's a, a story, it's in Luke 18, and it's when you always hear the dedications if you come to our church, but when the parents bring the little ones to Jesus, I always think about it from this angle, like the, the parents brought their little kids to Jesus. And I bet you the, the kids didn't say to their parents, like, I hate you for that. Like they didn't grow up disappointed that they were brought to Jesus. And I love the thought because Jesus didn't push them away either. So that's the first thing, that's a known thing that Jesus didn't push away the kids and he had time for them. But secondly, the kids would never say to mom and dad, like, I'm so disappointed. And so church has to be something for kids. It has to be something for all ages. And it's so cliche, but you hear it all the time that if there's no kids, then there's no future in your church. Because as Matt says, like the unfortunate reality of life is everyone passes on. So if it's just a church of older people, then we have no church. But yes, church has to be for kids. And that might look different. Like 
sometimes in here might be very noisy with kids and that's okay that's fine but if, if it's something even practically you're struggling with I was telling someone before church there's a parent room like really practically if you're only got saved and you don't really know much about our church like right at the back there's a glass window and you'll be able to see and hear everything on in here and then kids space they run their whole program and um, in there so church to me has to be for kids and hopefully hopefully we cater for it really well here I so part, part of it of fitting in as we because we've talked about this is we don't ever want people to feel like they can't bring their kids you know do, yeah. do, do kids get on your nerves running them? of course they do do you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm old school oh you know I'm old school like that's why they wouldn't but but the reality is listen they're they're in here yeah. To me, I often look at it and say to myself, there are, listen, there are worse places they could be, not 50 yards from this church. Mm-hmm. And telling, telling you that now, they're, they're in here. And I'm not just talking about community kids, I'm talking about church kids as well. So let's not pretend that just because kids are brought up in church, they're pr- protected or they have something that they won't fall by the wayside. That, that doesn't happen with face of reality. So when they're in here, you know, we want them to be in it, you know, do they, when they're running about and, you know, funny before church, eh, you know, there was, there were, we, we, young girl at the back there and she'd chocolate all around her mouth because she'd already had, you know, one of the big chocolate bars and stuff and she was standing there looking at the table thinking, not really sure whether she could take another one. And I was like, yeah, take one. I've had, I've had four anyway, but no, I said to her, Take one, you know, because I thought for, for her, I want her to think and remember, this is a church they give me all those chocolate bars. This is a church, you know, they give me all those chocolate bars, yeah? You know, that's it. Not the church that you're only allowed one. You're only allowed one of those. Don't you dare take another one. And let's face the reality. We know the situations like that. So for the kids, it's really yeah. important and that they... One thing I always think of too, like... It, it must be tough with uh, being a parent. Like, I'm not at that stage, so I can't, I almost sometimes feel a bit bad saying this, but I often think of this, like, if you don't prioritize it for your kids at a young age, when they come to teenagers and they don't want to be at church, where does it kind of sit? Like, if, if going to church wasn't a priority to bring your kid, then when it comes to like 13, 14, and they're not at church anymore, where does that kind of set? And that is a bit of a, a challenge, and one one day where I'll have to ask myself that too. But I do think having your church, your kids here, is it's the best decision. Like if you are here and it's the best decision for you, how much more so should we want our kids to be here? And yeah. hopefully we provide like a really practical way for that to be possible here. Yeah, and we obviously do. We do all that we can do as far as. Um, making making church convenient to come to with um, with children as well. You know, we're putting on kids' space and running it the whole service, and even t- for next steps. And I don't know if we've done that before, but we had kids' space for next steps um, today as well. There's there's times when that's not possible too. But um, at the you know at the end of the day, like it's some something is it is it the most. Um, you know, is it is it the best experience of being in a prayer meeting or sitting in a Bible study and you have a kid whinging or running about? Like we understand sometimes it's 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 not always the, the nicest thing or the most practical thing, but we would rather a single parent be here, you know, and 
we would rather kids being brought up in, in church and that's that's the reality of it. We do our best, but obviously that, that can only go so far, but we we want this to be accessible and, and as simple as that. We've had a question sent in. I think it's a big one to answer because it it it, it ties in with the, the fitting in thing and what would put people off church and simply the question is this and it's a good question. Is there any such thing as a perfect Christian? No, there you go, I'll answer that. But, no, sorry, not even Scott, who's got his hand up over there. Like, so uh, see, just, uh, I know you but, have to be careful asking that tonight because some of our, um, our rules in Heaven's Gates don't reflect our actual salvation, by the way, because <laughs> one of us made it to Heaven and two of us didn't, so we just... just yes, quite true. Right, 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 right. That's it. Uh, for those of you, I said something this morning, um, and I think it's quite true, is discipleship. Following Jesus is about direction, not perfection. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, we're, none of us yeah. are going to be perfect, excuse me, this side of heaven. But that doesn't mean we let everything slide. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we get involved in the stuff that, that we shouldn't get involved in and turn around and say, that's ah, because I'm not perfect. You know, no, no, I said that. We, we, we don't do that, I said. But there's no such thing as a perfect. We will make mistakes. We will uh, have weaknesses, there will be times that we slip up. Listen, not even I am perfect as a pastor. You don't get called to be a pastor because you're perfect. If you want to know how imperfect I am, my wife is on the sound desk tonight. You are free to have five minutes with her at the end and ask what is he really like? And that probably will answer. Don't do that, by the way, because she may well tell you. Do you know what I mean? They might tell you he's a grumpy in the morning, do you know what I mean? But hey, listen, imperfection, and I think the danger is sometimes, and what puts people off church sometimes, is we've got to go in, you know, dress the right way, behave in the right way, putting on something for a Sunday to impress other people. Um, we never want to be that church. We aren't that church. We never want to be that church. We want, you to, we want you to come to church when you've had a terrible week. You feel like quitting and giving up. We want you to turn up at the doors of our church, to come to church, to take a seat, and simply just to sort of give God the opportunity to do something in your life. If you are waiting to be perfect, you'd be waiting the rest of your life. You'd be waiting. The, the wonderful thing about what God does is he works out of and through our imperfections and our weaknesses, you know. It says because, as Paul says in Corinthians when he's writing to the church, he, he says in his weakness it was when God's power was at display, on display the most. That actually there's that sign of when we're actually feeling it and the weakness and the, the, the everything on top of us, God's power is on display the most so actually us feeling weak and imperfect and sort of is part and parcel of the journey uh, that we are on as, as, as believers and stuff I think that would be yeah I don't know where the motive for that question obviously comes from but as well don't let imperfect people put you off being here like we um I, I think it was mentioned earlier you know like a family they're like we will get on each other's nerves at times and I, I'll definitely get on your nerves at some stage you spend any time with me but um, and, and again my wife will tell you that no problem as will the other people in the office um, but yeah don't let imperfect people put you off coming because if, if you want to go and find another church you'll you'll find the same thing you'll find more but imperfect it's people. not it's important I think you made a great point there because you've said this before that we end up with people growing up in churches now and they look to the leadership of the church and they say why oh, I want to be like them please don't, don't know 
Yeah. And all. Be like Jesus. Yeah. That's who I'm yeah. aiming for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I don't yeah. mean that in a way. Listen, you know, I, I love what Homer Simpson says, and I know he's not a theologian, but he does say this. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're either a great example or a bad warning, you know. And I thought to myself, I thought, as people into, we want to be good examples, but we're not, you know, we're, we're not replacing Jesus here in any way. I want to be like Jesus. If I can do anything in my walk and ministry, it's to point people towards yeah. Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's what John the Baptist did, you know, and he's, you know, when he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. John chapter 3, verse 30. It's actually the aim of, of us as people. He said, he must increase, I must decrease. It's all about people. So the perfection thing is, is don't aim for perfection, aim for Jesus. And I think that's uh, the, the, the key there. But we've got a couple more questions. Uh, the one important, because we looked at the three things to start, the belonging, the belong, the growing, and the serving. How do I grow? Not me personally, because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the figure I want. But how do I grow? How do I grow? Yeah. Um, I'll start, well, sorry, I'll start with Rebecca. I'll, sorry, I'll start with yeah, yeah. um, Thanks, Rebecca. We'll see you go, mate. I'm a joker. One thing I thought about um, with this question that comes to mind is that you don't grow alone. Like, you'll not do a really good job if you try and grow on your own. It's, it's not possible. Um, we're, not, we're not made to be that way. The church isn't meant to be a one-man job. You're not meant to do your Christian life on your own. Um, so, yeah, there's, there, there's really practical things like, obviously, praying and reading your Bible and being at church and spending time with God. Obviously, them things. And... That real thing really just sticks out to me like you can't grow alone, like we're never meant to fit in alone. And there's a verse in Hebrews 10, 25, and it says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now as the day of his, of his return is drawing near. And something I read actually earlier, I didn't have this down, I was reading this blog, and it was talking about how um, our society today is in such dire need of encouragement. Um, so many people come into church week in, week out, feeling discouraged, feeling weak. And actually, we have a message of hope. And so I would say, how do you grow? You don't grow alone. Like, you don't think you can do this Christian walk on your own. This is why God established the church. So when, when I'm weak, that story in the Bible, other people can hold up my arms. When, when maybe I'm good at something, you're not going to be good at something. We can all help each other. So you grow. You can't grow on your own. And obviously, the most important thing is that you need God to grow. Like, you can't do it on your own, like on your own strength, but you can't do it without being in a relationship with God, without praying, without reading the Bible, without every day coming to God and starting, you always say it like, start each day afresh with God, like don't hold on to things, but start each day afresh with God. So yeah, I would kind of just really reiterate that, like you can't grow alone and you need God to grow for sure. I think I've, I've got one quote before, uh, because I've always said this, you don't need the church to become a Christian, but you do need the church to be a Christian. And I think I've shared that quite a lot over the, the years. And I think, you know, hey, listen, we get saved wherever. Mm -hmm. But I think God has established his church for the people who get saved to go because we need each other. But mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, as, as Pastor Matt said there, we're answering the last question. Um, you, you know, let Christ be your ultimate example. Um, and, and, and don't look to other people. And their attendance or lack thereof because even um like what rebecca was saying there um you know it, it says um to, to not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing and and there will always be people who'll come and go and and we 
we don't necessarily want that for you. And in order for you to grow, not only do you need to go, but you need to go consistently. You need to be here consistently. And and we do, again, as much as physically possible. And, and there's actually more now happening than there's ever been. And there's plans for even more. Um, I, like, I know there's there's stuff now happening on Saturday mornings. And we've that we haven't done that for such a long time. And there's, there's yeah, there's going to be more down the road. But just go and go consistently. Um, don't, don't be in the habit of coming and going. If you, if you want to grow, then be here and make use of the things that we are putting on for you to be able to grow. You get alongside God's people and um, get alongside those who have been on the road longer than you. And yes, learn from them, but let Christ be your ultimate example. If you want to grow, then you need to go here. If you want to find your place, then you actually need to seek it out. And we we have obviously those, even the Bible studies I mentioned at the start of the night, you know, come on Tuesday, come on Thursday, we'll have those things. Um, but we also have the different groups for different ages as well. If you're a young person, then you come on a Thursday night, the youth, and and, and um, for for the rest of the church, we have the different Bible studies that are, for happening, that are happening, and then we have life groups as well, where we all mix together, and we all grow together. Come, come to stuff, <laughs> just come. Come, and come consistently, and you will see growth. Great stuff. With five minutes left, there's only been one question comment so if you have any questions that you would like to ask then send them in now because we've only got the sort of five minutes these conversations always fly like we've got one last uh thing here which is because we we want to be a church where people uh belong grow but then how do you find a place to serve in, in the church how do you find a place to serve yeah i would say um just look at where things you're good at. For example, I I can play guitar, well, can kind of play guitar, but I can't sing at all. So, like, you'll never see me with the mic. I can't sing. So, it would be really pointless for me to try and lead worship because I just can't do it and no one would be in the room. We would all want to go. But that's not the thing that God's gifted me at because God has given us all a gift. So, my gift might be working with the kids. So, I would say go with where your gifting is at. God has given us all giftings. And it might not, as we said, be something up at the front, but it could be just saying hello to people at the door. But, but then, for people, how, how do you find out your gifting? Because that's why, right if it's fairly obvious, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, yeah. I'm much like you, I can't sing. The worship team's not asking me to join them. But, you know, how do you find out your, your gifting? Yeah, I would say. So if it's not like a natural thing, then maybe just start getting involved in certain things. Like ask, like, can I help with the welcome team? Like see if you're good at people, like chat to people. If, if you're a people person, that might be a good start. Or maybe just tea and coffee. Like that, that's a really important part of our church. If we didn't have the people doing tea and coffee, we wouldn't have that. So I would say, um, just kind of find out what you're good at. Maybe ask someone, like ask you what. Throw it open again though, uh-huh. is, is serving always to do with gifting? I mean, if we just turned around and asked people, I mean, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not particularly gifted at putting out chairs. I mean, it's not a skill that I have, you know. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 but I still do it. Thank you, Gary. I still do it. But, 
do you, you don't yeah. need to be gifted no, to do no, that. So, you, though you find in a place to serve, that it can't just be gifted. gifted. Yeah. Because like we're, none of us would put our hands up to say we're gifted at cleaning the toilets. So definitely that was a thing this week. But there was one of the verses I put on. Um, I'm still not doing it, by the way. I don't uh, care about this. <laughs> um, one of the things I really thought about with this sort of idea was we have to look at Jesus' example and there's this verse from Matthew 20, 28 and it says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And I'm sure Jesus, as you say, just didn't follow like all just preaching all of the time. Like he washed people's feet. Like no one would ever sign up for that at the, at the door. I want to have got a gift in and washing people's feet, but yeah, just serve. Like Jesus is the prime example. Like, yeah, we might have to do things that we don't necessarily love doing, like tidying the toilets, putting up the chairs, but wherever you can get involved, get involved. Actually, let, me, let me give you a chance to answer that, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, like Pastor Matt said at the start that, you know, each of us, each of us will have, um, will have gifting in, in different areas. And, and we, we hope and pray that if you have gifting in a certain area, then we're able to use you there. Um, and, and there is a place for you in that. But yeah, even outside, outside of that, again, as, um, as we were talking about there, um, there's, we, we try and do our best to open up opportunity in a lot of different avenues, but we're, we, we are constantly and consistently just looking for hands. And so if you want, if you want to serve, then just be those hands and feet that we're looking for. When we open the door, walk through it and, you know, come and, come and help us set up um, for the, the next meeting or come and serve around in the kitchen or as, as Rebecca said on the welcome team or if you can drive a minibus um, um, then then come and, and serve in those areas if there's if there's a gap then then go for it and and take those opportunities and then hopefully somewhere down the line there there will be a gift in that you find that you that you discover and that you can you can serve in in that area but just simply serve, simply serve. But we've, what, we've two minutes left, so there's one question that's come in. I think it's an important one, which is, we'll finish with this, I'll take two minutes. How do we fit in when we're discouraged? You know, what do we do when we're discouraged? Discouragement is part and parcel of the journey of life. There will, everybody will get discouraged at some point, uh, depending on the circumstances of life, depending on what's happened to you. The only advice I can give people is you just keep going. You keep going. The, the Christian life is simply best described for me as a race that we start well, that we run well, and we finish well. And, and I don't know another description of it. And so, therefore, whenever we're discouraged, by so we just keep going. You know, it says, I've often said to people, I said, whenever they're discouraged with something that's going on, are they going to get the encouragement from staying away from church or the encouragement by coming to church? You know, if I was unwell, you know, the, the advice to people would be, you know, to go to a doctor to see what was wrong, not to avoid the doctor. If, if I was hungry, the advice would be to go and buy food from a supermarket to satisfy the hunger. If I'm discouraged, the advice would never be to stay away from church. The advice would be to make sure that, that you keep coming to church because that might just be the opportunity, a amount of people whose circumstances and situations are changed uh, simply just by turning up. We mustn't ever underestimate the power of just turning up. 
of just coming along, of, ju of just being there. When we throw open those doors and see people come in, and you are always encouraged when people who are having the most awful of times, the most terrible of troubles, who walk into church because they're walking in, and you know just by the look on their face sometimes, this is like the last place they feel they should be, but the first place that they know they need to be. And I think that is part of the, the Christian walk. When you're discouraged, just simply to keep going, keep going, uh, and keep going. I, th I think that's the answer. Our time is up, I'm can afraid. I just Certainly, of course, you can. Just very yeah. quickly and practically as well, if you're feeling discouraged, we, we have a prayer team that are available to pray for you. And I know that mm. that can seem, sometimes it might seem a bit cliche, but you you need prayer then. If you're discouraged, then you need prayer. And there are people that actually yeah. want to pray for you. So please um, seek, seek out. You know, if you're feeling discouraged within yourself, then go there and receive prayer ministry from that team. And, and, and sometimes when we get discouraged, it's easy to kind of, um, you know, sp you know, spread that, spread that about. And, that, and, and, and that's not necessary. What we, what we need to do is receive yeah. prayer for that. And as Pastor Matt says, continue to come. I always think as well, listen, if you're discouraged, take the pastor out for lunch. That's the best thing to do. Ah, the kids worker, I'll come. <laughs> because what you'll find then, it says you bless somebody. And you're encouraged now and not discouraged anymore. <laughs> and you'll get a double blessing if you pay for it as well. <laughs> so there you go, that's a do there. So that's good. Listen, thank you, everybody. Uh, we hope that's been helpful. We are going to be at the back on the door. We can talk to you. We can help you, as Risa said, about the prayer team. We're going to invite the worship team up to come and uh, finish uh, with a final song. Thank you.